It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Washington Football. I am Dave Harrison, joined as always by Chris Russell, who you can find on Twitter at RussellMania621. Also find Chris over at Team 980 and 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C. And covering the Washington football team for Sports Illustrated, find me at DHarrison82 on Twitter and find the show on Twitter at LockedWFTPod. Welcome into today's episode of the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. Chris, we've got good news, great news in, in, in a lot of aspects. Uh, quarterback Taylor Heineke, so many people have been wondering if what he did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the playoffs this year was enough to get him another opportunity or a continued opportunity with the team. And it turns out that not only was it good enough to get him one more opportunity, apparently it was good enough to get him two more opportunities, signing a new two-year deal today. Well, Wednesday, as we're recording yesterday, as you're listening right. to this, uh, what was your thoughts when the, when the news broke? And what do you think about the uh, the deal up front? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd like to say that him returning, David, fully, completely expected. I wasn't sure whether they were going to do a one-year deal or a two-year deal or maybe even a three-year deal. Uh, but the numbers seem just about right. Listen, he's a fringe starter, um, he, despite having tremendous success in the playoff loss. Uh, to the Bucks, a couple of things we have to remember. Uh, number one, the Bucks did not have Vita Vea and they did not have Devin White in that game. So, you know, let's not just print the Hall of Fame or, you know, size the Hall of Fame jacket just yet for Taylor Heineke. Um, but it was an impressive performance. So I knew he was coming back. I knew he was very comfortable in Scott Turner's offense. Uh, and thankful and appreciative of the opportunity, again, rescued out of, you know, Old Dominion University uh, career education classes. Um, and he wanted to be a football player. So, again, I, I knew he was coming back, didn't know the exact mechanism and how they would get it done. But to me, I don't know if you agree, two years, $8.75 million with a bunch of that or some of that being incentives. Mm -hmm. And I haven't gotten the full details of the contract yet in terms of exactly the breakdown, but I think it's, I, I know there's some incentives in there that are built around him starting games. I think it's a more than fair contract for him. I think it's a more than fair contract for the Washington football team. Cause if you look around the NFL, some of the backup quarterbacks, you know, they're making $10 million plus, and I understand they have more experience. I don't know about you. I'd rather have, you know, Tyler Heine, uh, Taylor Heineke uh, more than like Mike Lennon or, or one of the flying McCown brothers or something <laughs> like that. I, I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I'd rather have somebody that has a little like spunk in them uh, and certainly some mobility and some ability to, uh, you know, to throw in, in rhythm uh, and and with accuracy, then maybe again somebody who's going to be a sitting duck. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm happy with the deal, and I'm like you. I couldn't see a way that the Washington Football Team didn't bring him back at least for one year. You know, if not more. Didn't know exactly how long the deal would be for, but uh, good to see him getting that two year deal. And then, I mean, again, you you talk about going from being a college student out of the NFL to uh, to making almost ten million dollars in the next two years. That's that's a pretty good deal. Is of course you have some of those accelerators and some of those incentives that he's got to reach, yep. but. 
the fact that he's got a contract and he just signed a contract that has some starting uh, incentives in the contract at least leans to the to the thought process that Ron Rivera is going to give this young man a legitimate opportunity to potentially secure a starting job, even if 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 it's just for a little bit, even if they draft a guy, say, in the first round or the second round of this year's NFL draft, and then Taylor kind of comes in, he gets to be that bridge quarterback. That's still valuable experience that he can get, and if he does well enough, uh, he can either cause some confusion within the organization and maybe, maybe they go a direction they didn't expect to, or he can set himself up down the road. I mean, every game – that they that these guys put on film is is a is a tryout basically as part of their resume for the future as well. Uh, so very excited for him. Very excited to see what he can do. And and yeah, like you said, the, the Buccaneers were missing Vita Bay and Devin White, but still a very solid defense that he faced uh, in the playoffs there. And and to get thrown kind of into that spotlight in that situation adds a little bit of pressure. So I mean, nobody, I don't think anybody's predicting that you know he's the he's going to be the saving grace of the franchise and go ahead and and start playing the Super Bowl parade yet. But I think everybody kind of agrees that he's he's a young man who came in show that he can lead, show that he can not lose a game. I think that's really kind of the biggest thing. But not only that, make some plays that almost helped you win a game and deserve that deserve that chance. I think that's what it's going to come back to is he just deserves that chance, so it's good to see him getting it. Yeah, absolutely. I, and, you know, really, I, I don't know how – you know, I, I don't know how to say this any better, but for me, this doesn't change anything, right? Like, this team still needs a franchise quarterback if they're really going to take that step up and go from a seven and nine division winner to a 10 or 11 or a 12 win team. And not just once, but on a semi-regular basis. And I know that's hard to do, but that's what the great franchises need to do. That's what Ron Rivera is tasked with now being that, you know, they won a division title in his first year and things seemingly are on the up and up with a good young defense. So uh, to me, this doesn't really, it doesn't preclude them, David, from going out and trying to find that number one guy, like you said, yeah. through draft, through the trade process, through free agency. And we've talked about some of the names this week and, and last week, and we'll continue to talk about some of the names and the rumors and all that. Um, we talked about Russell Wilson being a possibility uh, yesterday. But to me, again, it does not change kind of the prism that I'm looking at. What maybe I think it does before we get into Alex Smith and all that is what it might do is it might, further strengthen the resolve that Ron Rivera, Marty Herney, and Martin Mayhew have, which is we are going to target one guy, maybe two guys, yeah, and that's it. And if we don't get those guys, and if it's not the price we're willing to pay, then we're out, and then we'll go a different way. We're not just going to get any nine to five ham and egg or jabroni type in here just to get a new quarterback. We're going to target a guy or two and that's it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it basically signals this team is not going to be out there desperately shopping for a quarterback. Again, they may not have the entire future laid out, but they've got at least some steps towards the future. And then right. if they, if they do bring back Alex Smith, which we'll get into, um, and then they have the draft coming up, Steven Montez, who's, who you assume is at least going to be in training camp, if not longer, Kyle Allen is still out there. So, I mean, there are still some, serviceable options out there for this team as they continue to build. And if they can wait another year without having to necessarily sell the farm for a quarterback, they can build a nucleus. I mean, listen, if, if you've been paying attention to the football atmosphere for any period of time for our listeners out there, you know, every single year there's a, there's a new hot quarterback. Every single year there's a new hot veteran quarterback or, or quarterback coming off of a contract that is looking for a new home. So even if the Washington football team doesn't necessarily go all out uh, you know, to get one of those quarterbacks this year, if they need one next year, if Taylor Heineke doesn't work out or Alex or whoever doesn't work out, 
then they can go ahead and do that. But they can do that having a better nucleus and system support system built around whoever that quarterback is using the draft capital and the, and the money that they have available in 2021 to set that up, set the stage for 2022. And that's, that's just, that's just kind of how you, how you have to build a franchise, but you mentioned it already. What do you think this means for Alex Smith? Yeah. You know, for Alex, I, I mean, I'm pretty much convinced at this point as, as great of a story as he is NFL comeback player of the year, David, I mean, you know, we've touched on this too. He he just can't come back without a major haircut. And I don't even know if that's going to change things, to be quite honest with you. I mean, I, I think you're looking at about a $17 million roughly pay cut if they're even interested in making that work, um, if they're even interested in doing that. And I don't know if they are. To be honest with you, the sense that I get from every time that we get to talk to Ron Rivera, and we did last week, uh, I have not talked to him in the last couple of days but every sense that i have is that he's ready to move on from alex smith even though alex is a great comeback story even though alex is a great leader and a great person and you know has benefited and helped everyone i just think he's ready to move on because i don't think he can trust him a to stay healthy and b more importantly i don't think alex is special enough that you can deal with some of the bumps and the bruises and the non-health and the non-availability. He's just not. And then if he's turning the ball over like he was at times last year, I mean, what else, what else can Alex do? He he's compromised quite honestly. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. And, and I'm not sure that Alex Smith is really up for a backup role, a mentorship role. Uh, that's going to be a discussion that obviously he has to have with the team. But I mean, if, 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 you know, if, if you have a quarterback like Alex Smith, uh, and, and the coaching staff, the franchise, whatever, however you want to word it, just isn't bought in uh, to what he's got going, whether it's because of those issues or because of the future outlook as well. Um, I think it's just it's it's sometimes it's just better to move on. And I mean, I was covering the Buccaneers when that that moment came with Gerald McCoy in the Buccaneers franchise. You know, Gerald McCoy is a guy that put in a lot of work and a lot of effort for that franchise over the years, been through a lot of suffering and a lot of losing. And just as it looked like they were probably going to get it turned around, everybody kind of came to the realization. He's like, you know what, this is this isn't a relationship that needs to continue anymore. You still have talent to go elsewhere, so go ahead, go elsewhere. We wish you the best of luck, and we're going to move on. And, you know, unfortunately for Gerald, he got the short end of that stick because he's sitting at home uh, watching some of his former teammates win a Super Bowl. But that's just kind of how it works sometimes. So, yeah, I think I think what this says for Alex Smith is he's definitely not the primary guy uh, if he's going to be a guy on this roster at all. And speaking of that, Chris, before we get into our first break, real quick, um, if, the, if this quarterback room opens up in 2021 this, this, the exact same way it did, uh, to at the end of 2020, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I mean, I would feel a little bit disappointed, but I, I, I wouldn't feel like, oh my gosh, the the end of the world is here, uh, because I think out of the four guys, Montez Smith, uh, Heineke, and Kyle Allen, you could probably piece it together. Now you're taking on a first place schedule, so that would worry me, uh, and you still obviously wouldn't have the position settled long term. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be overly emotional either way I don't think but I think that at least in the draft you know you have this kind of predominant theory out there that you need to draft at least that you have to you have to draft either a passer a pass protector or a pass rusher in the first yeah. three rounds of every single draft and they've got pass rushing I want to say pretty much down I mean they could you know obviously everybody could get better but I think they're pretty good there uh pass protection is obviously a place they need a passer is obviously something they still need to target so if they were to go pass protection in the first three rounds this year maybe draft a fourth or fifth round quarterback after that I wouldn't necessarily hate that idea because, again, it gives you an idea to find out what you have in Taylor, what you have in this fourth or fifth round draft pick if you give him a chance, Kyle Allen, Steve Montez, all that stuff, and you come in 2022, again, with a better infrastructure as a team, 
using that draft capital for other players. And now if you need to pull the trigger on a new quarterback, you can do so with a, with a better platform to do it from. Absolutely. This is the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Good to have you with us along with David Harrison. I'm Chris Russell. If you guys are looking for auto parts for your vehicle, old or new, cosmetic or major, foreign or domestic, there's only one place we would suggest that you go. And you know what? You don't even have to go to that place. You can do it from your couch, your kitchen table, your bed, wherever you want, because rockauto.com is that place and what we would suggest. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. No big overhead. Uh, that means you save money because they don't have to pay for all the employees and all the big rent and all that stuff that you normally have to deal with when you go to the big auto parts superstars. When you go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. RockAuto.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Back for segment two here at the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. After you're done listening to this show, get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from your local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Chris, looking at the Washington football team as a franchise, as a team on the field as well, it kind of reminds me of the moon in the sense that there is a light side and there is a dark side. Or if you want to make a Star Wars reference, there's a light side and a dark side of that as well. Uh, we had a little bit of light side to open the show with, and I'm glad we could do that opening on a good note with the, with the re-signing of Taylor Heineke. Unfortunately, there is a dark side to talk about today as news came out Wednesday. And unfortunately, it's, it, it kind of seems to be that the, the football side of things seem to be getting better for Washington football team. But the ownership, the, the, the situation there surrounding Dan Snyder on multiple levels, uh, Actually, this one kind of seems to, to point to maybe it's getting a little bit better, at least towards resolute, uh, resolving some of the stuff going on. Uh, but some news broke on Wednesday uh, involving Dan Snyder. Why don't you go ahead and break that down for us? Yeah, so, so basically, you know, we've been dealing with this off and on and, and, and known about this particular accusation for a while now. So a group of the former cheerleaders, uh, you know, some of which, quite honestly, David, I, I worked around and worked with and. Uh, you know, did some charitable functions with uh, when I was working and doing broadcasting for the team. Uh, they have now settled a claim uh, with the Washington football team over uh, reported and, 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 and lewd videos uh, that were seen by people at the Washington Post, journalists uh, that I know and I trust and uh, their lawyers and all that, uh, that were made of them you know, using, uh, I guess, photos that they were unaware of during their annual swimsuit calendar shoot. Uh, what they would do is they would go on these exotic vacations and these exotic 
uh, locales and there would be some team officials that would go with them uh, and clients. And, you know, basically what they said was in addition to, you know, uh, maybe having to, you know, flirt or, or do whatever they had to do to kind of keep the clients, the high rolling clients entertained, there was also a couple of apparently secret videos that they didn't know about or pictures or, or material that were taken and formed into videos, apparently for team owner Dan Snyder. So this happened, uh, I guess, after the 2008 shoot and the 2010 shoot. Uh, I don't know why there was a separation uh, there. I haven't been able to crack that code. But Gloria Allred, who is a celebrity lawyer who is representing some of the former cheerleaders, uh, told the New York Post on Wednesday that the matter has been resolved. A lawyer for Dan Snyder uh, also told the New York Post the matter has been resolved, but nobody knows how it's been resolved. I mean, obviously, money is the way you would resolve something like this, but we don't know the settlement. We don't know the amount. We don't know exactly who gets what and whether or not essentially Dan Snyder is just paying for something to go away mm -hmm. or whether there's some sort of, I mean, there's, it's not a criminal case, but I mean, is there any admission here of, um, of guilt or admission that, yeah, we put these women in a really, really bad situation. Either way, David, this is not a good situation. I understand why uh, all sides probably want to get it taken care of and sweep it under the rug and move on. But it's not a good situation, even if a quote unquote guilty plea or admission or a, 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 a um, involvement admission doesn't come. It doesn't mean that it didn't happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, you, you've got differing schools of thought on this. And, and, you know, you go you go back through all the other scandals that NFL personnel and players have been involved in. And, and sometimes people say, well, they pay them off just because it doesn't you know the, the the school of public opinion doesn't matter if they're innocent or guilty as long as you know as long as the drama is going on they're gonna be viewed as guilty so they just pay them off so that their name doesn't get drugged through the mud or they paid them off because they know they're guilty and, and really at the end of the day it doesn't matter what i think what you can point to bottom line is that there was there were there were steps taken you know at, at some level in the organization that just didn't jive with what should have been happening in a professional environment i think that much at least uh can be accepted and that much can be can be gleaned off of what is what has happened and you know, for the organization to be able to move past it now, that's obviously going to be a positive. Um, I know it also mentioned there that there's there's a rebranding. Obviously, the team has a new name to identify and a new logo to come up with and everything else um, that'll come out over the next you know calendar year or so. I'm not sure when that'll be officially announced and released, but that's coming. And then also, uh, you know, part of their their game day entertainment, as you want to call it, or however you want to do it for for community involvement. And like you said, some charity work. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of things that cheerleaders do for an NFL franchise. And it's not just about dancing on the sidelines on game day. There's, there's a lot to it. And um, you know, so it would be, it would be disappointing if, if the franchise had to move away from having those ambassadors to the fans, you know, cause that is kind of a connection with the team and the fan base out in the community and, and especially at training camps and stuff like that. So it would be unfortunate if they decided to move away from that, but you know, that's a decision they'll all have to make moving forward. Team president, Jason Wright, I'm sure is going to have a say in that. Ron Rivera may have a say in that as well as the head coach. Um, so we'll just have to kind of see, wait and see what's going to happen. But this is one of those situations. And, and Chris, we talked during my first week here, that being an outsider kind of coming into the situation. This is one of those stories that really kind of sours the outside world on what's been going on within the organization. So, you know, you, you just hope without having all the details that the, the people involved who potentially been wronged and accepted this settlement are actually happy with it. 
um, and didn't just kind of say, well, this is probably the best we're going to get, so we'll deal with it. You know, you kind of hope that they're actually happy with the outcome. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's it's one more thing that just kind of shows that light side and dark side of the Washington football team in, in recent history. And, and uh, you know, eventually those times will fade, but for right now they're still there. But, uh, yeah, just just one yeah. more wrinkle in, the, in this whole saga, I suppose. You know, if I could just, you know, kind of button this up a, a little bit. I mean, obviously, David, you know, this organization, and, and, and they're not the only one, have done a lot of things wrong. In the past, uh, there was a terrible, awful, awful, awful culture. And, you know, I, I would I've told this story on the podcast before, you know, uh, my my radio studio for five years was in the lobby at Redskins Park. You know, so I saw a lot of things that I probably wasn't supposed to see. I uh, heard a lot of things. Uh, some women, empl- female employees would would come into my studio and confide in me what they were experiencing and what they were dealing with and ask me, you know, beg me not to say anything because they were embarrassed because they didn't want, you know, to lose their job because they didn't know where to go. And, you know, I just tried to act like a sounding board for them and an ear and a compassionate ear. Right. Um, You know, I I don't want to say it was every person. I don't want to say it was all the time, but it was, it was frequent enough where it was concerning. And I've admitted this. I should have probably, you know, maybe disobeyed their orders or their requests and, and said something and done something. Uh, you know, we all have different regrets and, and, and things that we wish we would have done better. But the bottom line is, is quite simply the type of events, the type of activities that went on in this organization under Dan Snyder for 20 years, uh, 20 plus years, under Bruce Allen for 10 years, simply can not be tolerated, accepted, justified, or swept under the rug in any way, shape, or form ever, ever again, ever again. And who knows what's going to come out of this investigation uh, with uh, the NFL. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be a slap on the wrist for Dan. I, no. I think it's going to be a significant punishment. Uh, I, I don't know if it ends in eviction, meaning uh, stripping a, him of his ownership, but I do. Th- I would be very surprised if there's not a significant suspension. Uh, and quite honestly, he deserves it. Yeah, I 100% agree with everything you just said. And, and hopefully, you know, the Jason Wrights of the world are in that building and that organization now to help uh, steer this thing towards a, a proper course that, that it right. probably should have been on in the first place, but all, all he can do, somebody in his position can do is, is help get the team and get the organization going in the right direction from the day that he arrived. And, uh, you know, so we'll have to see, I, I, I have faith that that's what he's doing. That's what his, his efforts are, are gearing towards. Uh, of course, Chris, no, there's no real smooth way to, to break from that into our next segment of the show. Um, but we are going to continue to monitor this this you know situation and all the other situations surrounding the team as a whole from an organizational standpoint and an X's and O's standpoint. And we're going to do so thanks to sponsors like BetOnline.ag. Uh, and even though the football season's over, guys, there's still plenty of, of action to get in on, whether it's NBA, Major League Baseball is getting ready to spin up, NHL is in full speed, and there's only one place that we would send you one place that Chris and I also bet. I, I earned $190 Super Bowl weekend myself, and that is betonline.ag. Go ahead. If you haven't already, sign up today for a free a free account at betonline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't, for use, don't forget to use the promo code Locked On, and you get your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah, Kevin, I'm happy for you that you not only had uh, a team that you work around and cover uh, on the Locked On Bucks podcast, uh, win a Super Bowl, but that you also got a nice payday out of it. I did. I got a payday. I did not. I did not David Harrison it, but I used <laughs> betonline.ag and had a blast because I had five or six bets, hit my first ever parlay, a two-leg parlay, but still playoff Lenny came up big for your boy. Yeah. So, uh, and I hit the under, so that was good. Uh, Thursday on the Locked On uh, NFL podcast, yeah, that's a good day. Ryan Tracy, who covers them Chiefs, Jake Liskow. Breakdown teams all across the NFL from an analytics and team building perspective. Get the expert analysis on your favorite teams from Ryan and Jake every Thursday. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Uh, In the remaining minutes that we have each and every day, we're going to try and do a free agent focus. Take one of the high profile uh, free agents and specifically at needs of interest for the Washington football team. Yesterday, we did Chris Godwin from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Today, we stay with the wide receiver group and do Allen Robinson. Of course, the 6'2 wide receiver thereabouts, 6'2, I think 210, 215 from the Chicago Bears out of Penn State, former Jacksonville Jaguar. He is the number three free agent on the pro football focus free agent NFL list where they break everything down. So the question for me uh, to you, I'm sorry, the question for David for me uh, is this. We know he was a victim of a unstable quarterback situation. Would he be willing, do you think, to come to Washington if they don't have a franchise stud, meaning arguably something better than what they have now. Yeah, that is that is the question. I mean, Allen Robinson, not only a victim of a uh, unstable quarterback situation, a victim of two unstable quarterback situations. His entire career, he's been playing with unstable quarterback situations. Uh, and you really feel for the guy. One of the most talented guys in the National Football League, one of the most talented wide receivers in the National Football League. And you really couldn't ask for a better fit, Chris. Uh, but I think we're going to get into that here in a minute. But, I mean, just first and foremost, from his his standpoint, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you still, you've got to look at what your opportunities are and, you know, who the teams are that are out there looking for a number one receiver uh, type of guy. And a lot of those teams, unfortunately, are going to be teams that have unstable quarterback situations. I mean, when you look across the league, you don't look at the, the Green Bay Packers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Chiefs, the Bills even. Those aren't teams that need a number one wide receiver, and those are, those are teams that are looking to build in other places. So your teams that need that number one receiver are most likely guys that miss the playoffs. I mean, you're, you're – I think the highest end you're talking about are the Washington football teams of the world and maybe like the Minnesota Vikings, uh, you know, might be a team out there. Uh, maybe the the Denver Broncos, you know what I mean? But again, those are all teams that don't necessarily have the most solid quarterback situation. So I think if you have come into that conversation, uh, if I'm Allen Robinson, I want to talk to that head coach and I, and I want to be as, as clear and transparent as possible and say, listen, you know, uh, what is, what is the plan 
for this team moving forward as far as the quarterback is concerned. And then just just kind of gauge that confidence and that plan and you know sleep on it. And if you wake up in the morning and you feel good with it, then I think you, you can move forward. Um, but I don't think that, you know, Allen Robinson's gonna find the perfect spot, you know, like a uh, Aaron Rodgers looking for a new Devontae Adams because he's already got Devontae Adams. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I think you can, you know, the, the the combination of going to a contender and the good quarterback, right? Or the franchise type quarterback is tough because of like you said. You know, you go to New Orleans. Well, no, you you don't have the quarterback right now, provided that Drew Brees is going to retire, uh, as anybody expects. uh, And you have Michael Thomas there. You mentioned Green Bay uh, and the situation there. Uh, I'm trying to think of a situation that has, again, the good quarterback and also is a contender and also needs a number one wide receiver type, because make no mistake about it, Allen Robinson is not going to, I don't think, a bad quarterback, bad team situation just to get paid. Now, maybe I'm wrong on that. Pro Football Focus and over the and overthecap.com has him projected on a four-year, uh, twenty-one million dollar average per year deal, total of you know about eighty-four million, fifty-two and a half uh, guaranteed. Um, I think that's about where he's probably going to come in. I just don't know, like to your point, if that comes in with a contender. I, you know, I'm trying to think of a place that he could go yeah. that again would make sense. Now, maybe, maybe if somehow, well, what about this? What if Tampa Bay loses, you know, Chris Godwin, C- can you find a way to figure out the money to replace him with Allen Robinson and have Robinson, Mike Evans, and, and, you know, maybe bring back Antonio, maybe not. Who, who knows? I mean, could you do that? Or, or is that too rich? I mean, that's a situation that could unfold, uh, but I think that, you know, uh, I don't know if Chris Godwin's going to get more money than Allen Robinson. I could see it happening just because it's more kind of a recency bias thing, and, you know, everybody loves a champion and all all that stuff, and Chris has meant a lot to the Buccaneers. Um, Stat-wise, when you're kind of comparing him during his his career and what he's been able to do in the same window, you're kind of looking at a Cooper Cup type of production standard. So that kind of lowers the value a little bit. So I think you're really kind of looking around the same ballpark area uh, for either one of those guys, for Chris Godwin or Allen Robinson. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see. I think the problem you come in with that is that the Buccaneers, if they don't have Chris Godwin signed by the time that, you know, free agency starts to kind of come around and and the quote-unquote legal tampering window opens up, which we all know is not when when tampering begins, um, I think that they're going to kind of make a move to secure that position before Allen Robinson's time would kind of come around is, is kind of the feeling I get. Listen, yeah. I'm trying to hold my my excitement. I love Allen Robinson in Washington football for the Washington football team. I absolutely love the fit. I love what he does in a, in a Ron Rivera. You know what Ron Rivera likes to do offensively, at least from what we've seen. I know he's he's a defensive head head coach, but from what we've seen in the past, I think he fits beautifully. Uh, a thousand snaps, give or take, uh, in 2020, and about 70 percent of those snaps came from the outside. He can work in the slot but he really works a lot from the outside. Terry McLaurin, again, another guy we talked about already, can work in the slot, can work outside. So you have that versatility from two guys there that really presents a matchup problem for the opposing defense. You have Antonio Gibson. You know, you give Tyler Heineke a, a good pair of wide receivers, a tight end that's fully capable, a running back room that's really not that bad, and maybe you add a veteran here or there or a draft pick here or there. I mean... Honestly, like if you add Allen Robinson, I'm super excited to see what this offense does in 2021. No, I, I mean, I absolutely see the fit. I probably didn't sell it hard enough. There's no question that he's a great fit. The question is, is did he see enough of Taylor Heineke 
uh, in order to <laughs> like risk, you know, going yeah, to a yeah. situation that does not have a, st- at least right now. Now, again, they could still go out and get that number one guy and then it totally changes the prism. Yeah. And then I think they're absolute front runners, but until they do that, then it's really up to Allen Robinson uh, because I definitely think Washington is ready to play yeah. and would spend 21 or 22 million on Allen Robinson uh, per year to bring him here. Yeah, and they're ready to compete. I mean, they've already won the NFC East, and and granted, there were some things that went into that, right? But you look at the Dallas Cowboys. They're not going to be out there pursuing a wide receiver. That's just insanity. Uh, The Philadelphia Eagles are not in a better situation. The New York Giants are a team that I've seen connected to them. That is also an interesting kind of fit. You know what I mean? I don't know what Allen thinks of of a quarterback like Daniel Jones and all that stuff, but to me, there's a lot more doubt around – Daniel Jones than there is in general about the Washington football team quarterback situation. If that makes any any sense. I think that the giants are kind of married to Daniel Jones right now, but you're in a situation where they may come out of 2021 completely not knowing what the future of their quarterback position is where Washington right now, especially with the signing, the re-signing of Taylor Heineke at least has an idea of a path they want to take. And then if you have an idea of the path you want to take, you also probably have an idea of the reroute you might need to take if, if things don't go the way you want them to. And that's a much more stable situation. So you're looking at a playoff team that is is on the rise, is on the way up again. Um, you look at the other playoff teams. Uh, I mean, the Rams are a team that could use a, a legitimate prototypical type of wide receiver, and they have some good ones, but they don't really kind of fit the mold of what Matthew Stafford usually plays with. But again, salary cap is going to be a problem. Can you really have those all, you know, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and uh, and Allen Robinson surviving that scheme? I'm not sure that's really going to work. So I don't know. I look around the landscape. Buffalo is another idea, but they they need a lot more help on defense really than they need on offense. So how much are they going to commit to that? So I don't know. Like it may be that I just really want to see this happen, but I'm I'm convincing myself that this is the best situation. Kind of like how I did though in February, convincing locked on Bucks listeners that Tom Brady and Tampa Bay made the most sense. So I mean, hmm. I hit on one. Maybe Sounds I can hit that- on this one. Yeah, sounds like that was a good prediction on your end and 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 a, and a good mix and a good marriage. Kind of worked out well from what I from what I saw. Tommy looked like he was having fun on Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll tell you he looked like he was having more fun at the boat parade than he's yeah. had at any other New England Patriots parade. I'm just exactly. I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, you can say what you want about that, but exactly. uh, avocado tequila is something I've never heard of before, but uh, apparently neither, it exists. Neither have I, especially the way he spelled it. Boy, Tommy <laughs> Tom Brady likes to tweak people and he likes to have fun on social media. When you're the goat, you can do whatever you want. All right. Coming up on the final episode of the week, we will have uh, our free agent frenzy Friday focus, whatever. uh, And we will probably do more of that because who knows, we might not have another quarterback signing or another major quarterback rumor. So maybe we'll have a chance to get into a little bit more and hopefully no bad things uh, happening. So we will cover it all for you right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Again, you can listen to David on the Locked On Bucks podcast as well with Jane Jarko as they continue to celebrate a Super Bowl championship. You can follow him on Twitter at D Harrison 82. You can follow me on Twitter at WrestleMania 621. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at locked WFT pod and congratulations to everyone uh, here at the locked on podcast network, uh, Tegna, 
uh, David Locke, of course, our CEO, Carl Weinstein, uh, uh, and, and everybody uh, really associated, uh, and Radio.com and Entercom, which is another company that I do a radio show for uh, every day, Monday through Friday, from 3 to 7 on the Team 980, all, all kind of doing a, a, a business and marketing and partnership deal. Really excited about that and what that could lead to, uh, along with what we did uh, just about a week and a half ago with, uh, with the group uh, known as Tegna. Um, some really big things ahead for you guys, and hopefully you all stay with us and we just get bigger and better from here. Uh, David, that's going to do it for us. We will keep cranking it out, baby, right here on the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.